Yeah, very, very basic Shimano parts, but like all Shimano. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like something ab above some of the, like, the really low-end Shimano, but maybe like in the Shimano Claris. <laughs> it's, a, it's, around, it's around Claris level, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think mine is Shimano Claris, but that's also like Shimano Claris five years ago. So I don't know where Shimano Claris is at this time. Right. This is this is great content. This should all be in the show. <laughs> I, hope I hope people are like, wow, they had technical difficulties no. at the beginning. Now they're talking. Now they're talking bike gear systems. Hey, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll include it in the show. I don't care. We uh, <laughs> we, we love to talk group sets on good listeners. Yeah, um, I mean, speaking of the show, I don't know. I mean, I can't hear my synth. We don't have the usual intro. Yeah. Um, Are you going to try to play synth without being able to hear it? Yeah, should I? Maybe Travis, we can. So, good? Travis, try to react visually based on, like, tell us how the synth sounds visually. And I'll prepare my intro. Hello and welcome to this episode of Good Listeners, a podcast hosted by two kind-hearted... No? What? What? Keep going, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Did I give a bad face? I messed it up. I'm sorry. I felt bad about playing the synth while I can't hear it. I was like, this is going to sound bad. Who cares? You know, a little crazy, right? When he started talking, you started playing a little too many notes. Just okay. One, two... I'm gonna I'm gonna just do a few, okay? And okay, sorry, just sorry for notes. interrupting. Just let's and go. Kind of like a tone. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of Good Listeners, a podcast hosted by two kind-hearted, generous, emotionally available Swedes who are always there to listen if you need them. We're friends, roommates, and rivals, and we talk about music whether the mics are on or not. I'm your first sweetie, Randy. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Clay. Welcome to the show, Clay. Hey, how was that, Travis? <laughs> um, you might need to adjust Randy's levels. Uh, I heard a lot of synth. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's not good. Um, why are we trying, like, why was I trying to play I this? Hear Randy, like, I could hear Randy fine, but he definitely felt in the background. Yeah. I can't, you know what? I mean, there's no reason for me to use this synth. I can't hear it. Um, okay. Anyways, welcome to the show. That's the intro. I'm just, we're just going to keep it that way. Okay. I'm uh, not going to take another run without the synth. No, why would you? Okay. Um, <laughs> so just checking. You know, hey, we have our first guest on the podcast this week. Yeah. Uh, we're ironing out the kinks. We sure are. But speaking of the kinks, Travis's favorite band is the kinks. And here is our first <laughs> guest of the podcast ever. Our best friend, Travis. Uh, um, let me just say that uh, happy to be the first guest on the pod. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. I'd also like to say that my favorite band is not the Kinks. Not that <laughs> probably the Kinks. They're just not my favorite band. I could have sworn it was the Kinks. Wow, this is uh, this is gonna ruin this. This really ruins the podcast that you and I were gonna host together, Travis. Called "Ironing Out the Kinks," where we go through the entire Kinks discography and discuss it. That's a good podcast. Uh, this is this is so <laughs> different from our other podcast idea, which is Sophistapod, where we 
delve into the depths of the sophistopop genre of 1980s British pop music. Yeah, of course, mostly prefab sprout. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, almost entirely um, prefab sprout. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, welcome to the show, Travis, our our good friend, joining us from uh, from the great state of North Carolina. If anyone wants to find him where he lives, uh, and you should. Um, we, we, you are joining us tonight to talk about. It's so weird that uh, I can't hear myself or Clay in our headphones right now. Yeah, it's fucking. It's yeah. really messing with my head. We gotta find um, a way around this. Yeah, in the future we will, but I must absolutely must for the sake of the show push on um and say that uh so basically we were going to record tonight anyway but uh uh, uh we knew that we needed to have you on the show and so i sort of strong armed armed us into having you on tonight and uh you decided that you were going to come in hot uh i believe you have you have something you want to talk about with us specifically but before we get to that um i think we're going to spend a good portion of the show today talking about uh comfort albums is something you wanted to talk about so that'll be sort of the topic of the show but before before we delve into the deep topic what was what was the thing you wanted to bring up with us Travis? yeah you gave us two topics <laughs> yeah unprompted like four <laughs> hours before we started recording <laughs> you told us this is what your show is about this week <laughs> and we said okay well you know i had been thinking about this for a while Pretty much since, like, I think I listened to the second episode of your guys' podcast where you mention in passing a beloved artist by all of us, Dougie Poole. Mm-hmm. You mentioned him and you say that, oh, who I'm sure we'll talk about later on in the pod. That's to quote you directly, Randy. <laughs> oh, <And> no. <laughs> oh, Travis has got the quotes. Like, he's <laughs> been writing down. Travis has day. receipts. <laughs> And then it's the 2020 albums in review episode. And I'm sitting there, I'm doing my housework, um, just being the housewife that I am in my day-to-day life, mm-hmm. listening to the podcast. And I'm just sitting there in anticipation, waiting for you to mention on your best of the year list, Dougie Poole's 2020 album, Freelancer Blues, which I've listened to 50 times this past year, it feels like. Mm. Um, and you wow. never mention it. You get to the like <laughs> top 10. I'm like, okay, I can understand not the top 10. And then like, let's do, you know, you, things we just want to mention, honorable mentions. And then there's no Dougie Pool. And I'm coming in hot saying that you guys snubbed w- Dougie Pool. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Do you want to respond first, Randy? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give my response first. Then I will, I will give you the floor, Clay. Um, I just want to, first I'll say there were a lot of albums last year, a lot of them, and they all got released in that one calendar year. And I had to listen to every single one for the podcast. I listened to every album last year. Yeah. And, and we, that's we, a lot of we, albums. We started recording in like November. <laughs> so we had to listen to every album that came out starting in, November, in two months. Because we hadn't listened to the music for the rest of the year until we started doing the podcast. Yeah. It's not worth it to listen to music if it's not for content. So we had to listen to every single album in two months, bud. And that's a lot of music. And I'll be honest, when you listen to that much music, it's kind of hard to, you know, remember Dougie Poole. 
No, Ooh. that's not that's not my real that's not my real opinion. I actually I like that Dougie Pool album, mm-hmm. and, but this is the part that's going to be hard to say, which is, I like his first album quite a bit more. Yeah, I really do. The same thing, and yeah. I kind of see where you guys are coming from. Um, and I want to hear more, but I do want to say that this new album just was hit after hit, a bunch of bops, as they okay. say. Yeah, I think that. So I, I echo what Randy was saying that there are a lot of albums in a year, in the span of a year. So it's just too much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you know that, Travis, but there's actually a lot of albums that come every, out every year. Every year, every nay, every week, a ton of albums come out. And um, you know, I'm not trying to pass this album by at all. I think what's it, the freelancers blues? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already mentioned that okay <laughs> clay you are hurting our case here um, um <laughs> starting uh, to think you didn't even listen to no, it. no i think it's great i think vaping on the job that was like the first um single to come out from that album and i love that song travis um, has exited the frame yeah travis left by the way i don't he's, know if travis can still hear us at all he's too steamed oh no he's oh, showing us he, he's he gone to get the, his freelancers vinyl. blues vinyl yeah. Uh, which looks beautiful, by the way. Can I see the actual vinyl itself? Oh, the, the actual vinyl is beautiful. We got a beautiful pink vinyl. Oh, man. Wow. wow. That's actually, that's fantastic. I, I love that. That's a beautiful color. Yeah. Um, that's actually beautiful. And I think- Good content for a podcast. <laughs> listen, listeners, it is it's a good radio. sort of a cloudy pink. Yeah, sort of uh, almost like a coral color. Vinyl press. But, uh, um, you know, I am going to take your rec, Travis, and I'm going to revisit that album. I like the natural touch a lot. I like vaping on the job. I think that you're right. I think there's a ton of great tracks in that album. And I don't want to talk down on Dougie Poole at all. I really think Dougie Poole is one of our great country artists. And you got this sort of psychedelic country thing that's coming up now. Orville Peck is maybe the big name for that. And I say, Dougie Poole, not to... It's not a contest, but Dougie Poole is miles and away better than what Orville Peck could ever do. And I just think that that first album blew me away so much. It's hard. And he was doing it first. Yeah, and he was uh, doing it first. And with he's doing it to a much, uh, like, he takes it much further than any other artist in country music has been taking it. Like, people like to sort of play with psychedelic uh, sounds and concepts in country music. You know, Sturgill Simpson, of course, as well has played around with that stuff. But Dougie Poole obviously took it to a level that I, I'll just, you know what, I'll just say it. I think a lot of country artists are are too scared to take it to that level, the level that Dougie Poole does. Damn. Uh, I think they're too chicken shit. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I think Dougie Poole is great, but, uh, and I also, here's another thing. This is, this is actually true. I felt very self-conscious about uh, my top 10 already having too much folk and Americana in it at the end of last year. <laughs> and I felt like if I added one more album in that sort of zone, it was just, it was reaching the point of parody, self-parody. Um, so that's another reason Dougie Poole wasn't yeah. on my 10. And Travis, Travis, you are our, um, our resident folk expert. Yeah. So, I feel like you are even, you are even more into folk, uh, than we are. I think, um, uh, understandable that this would be in your top 10 or, or would you say it's your favorite happened? album of 2020? Um, 
Yeah, I probably would just because I sat with it for so long. I mean, I did a really bad wow. job about listening to new albums in 2020. I kind of, and this is getting to my point about comfort albums, I kind of just gravitated to what was familiar. Mm. Yeah, like, we, we did. Like Dougie Poole or like the Lo-Fi Mountain Goats album that came out last we, year. Yeah, so you, but the Dougie Poole album, you think you listened to more than that Mountain Goats album? Yeah, because I was listening to it a lot at work. Okay. Um, and like I was showing it to like coworkers who all were like super into it. Um, right. And that makes that I mean that makes particular sense for your line of work as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> kind of work. Yeah, um, coworkers who vape on the job a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense why that would would resonate you with you in that particular period of time. Um, and and I can totally respect that. Um, I. Yeah, I do think it's I do think it's a great album. And I do think, yeah, I think we also had the issue of especially in the first half of the year, I think we also were just turning to uh comfort albums for ourselves. because uh, yeah. it was just such a I mean, you know, it's been talked to death. 2020 was what it was. Um Yeah, we, I mean we, it's a good we thing. All, we've it's all a, covered that. It's a good thing everything's normal now. Yeah, everything is so normal now. <laughs> and and uh it's the Obama years again. Um and we all love it uh but <laughs> five to nine that's my favorite song of the year so far oh yeah five to oh. nine baby <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh but you know uh, uh, but in the la- in the latter half of the year i think we had to force ourselves to listen to new stuff just for the show right i was having a good time okay well i guess it's just me then <laughs> <laughs> no i i feel you randy i feel like like i recently got Spotify again. Cause I think halfway through last year, me and Katie Beth, we, for the listeners who don't know, my lovely wife, Katie Beth. Mm. Um, future guest. We hope. A- future guest on the podcast, right? Uh, <laughs> Travis is laughing nervously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wife wife of the pod, is that fair to say? Wife of, yeah, wife of the pod. <laughs> Katie Beth, wife of the pod. Wife of the pod. Um, we got rid of our Spotify account like halfway through last year because I think I was just at home all the time and we just weren't listening to Spotify and we got tired of spending money. Mm. Um, but then beginning of this year, I was like, I'm about to be on these guys' podcast. I got to like catch up. I've listened to two albums in the past year. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, so that's interesting. What have you, have, has there been anything you've been checking out in particular that stuck out to you? Let me pull up my Spotify right now and see. I know I've been like going back and seeing what um, JPEG Mafia has been pumping out in the past year and whatnot. I know he just yeah. had the EP2 exclamation point. Yes. Haven't listened to it yet. Mm. Uh, is it good? It's pretty good. It's, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say more polished, but a little bit, but maybe less chaotic than yeah. stuff. I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but it feels maybe more poppy. I don't know if that's it's, right. It's it's slightly more accessible, I would say. For yeah, sure. that's, that's probably a good way to put it. Um, but it's good though. I mean, it's JPEG Mafia. We it's always good stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the greats. Um, Is it raining? I can't hear that. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I also can't hear that. <laughs> the listeners hearing the rain 
I don't think so. I don't know what I'm hearing, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I did yeah. read like EP, EP exclamation point, which is the EP he had a he come out in 2020. That yes, was a good one. That was very good. That was yeah. a really good one. Um, um, I wish I had something more to say about it other than it was really good. I need to listen to it again. Maybe like create a more. That's how that's how this goes, Travis. Uh, <laughs> that's you, a large part sit, of what we do here. You sit down and you you go, oh, uh, this was really good. I listened to it. Then you try to say something about it, and you just go, mm, this was really good. I think it's good <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I checked out like um just some like like no depressions like best albums of 2020 where they just had like a song off of each one yeah um and that taylor swift album crept up on me again i was like yeah. Damn, that's a that's a bop did that's you a- um it's not bad it's not bad did not- you did you listen to that waxahachie album much i did listen to the waxahachie album at, i think just once through okay mm. it's really good um yeah. Like we said, it's just really good. <laughs> so, a, did you have you was that on the recommendation of our podcast? Have you have you listened to anything because of our podcast? Is what I really want to yes. know. Good question. Yeah. Wow, I listened to the Waxahachie album because of the podcast. Wow, that feels huge to me. Because uh, well, y'all had it was it was high up on both of y'all's end of the year list, and just yeah. you talked about a lot. I think I did also check out the Deaf Heaven live album, mm. which. Death Heaven Live, it's great. Yeah, it is great. Uh, you and I, of course, saw Death Heaven together uh, a number of years ago, which was one of the great. best shows I've ever been to. It was so good. Yeah. Favorite part, standout moment of that concert is when he just threw his microphone into the crowd. Some schmuck picked it up and just sang slash screamed every lyric to these songs, which I've never known the lyrics to. Uh-huh perfectly yeah on, on the right key and note that the screaming is supposed to be at yeah it was pretty it was pretty incredible um real experience <laughs> yeah what a show man man to be back there in that moment uh oh. hey can't do that anymore no. the freaking pc police <laughs> forcing us to stay inside away from this fake disease Oh uh, man, I don't like this bit. Uh, <laughs> whoa. whoa. Uh, but you know, did you ever listen, did you listen to that Fleet Foxes album all last year, Travis? This this is a great new segment where we ask our guests, did you listen no, 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 to this no, no, no. album? I, I was gonna do a segue, um, but I was also just curious. Did you listen to that? Oh man. Um here here's a real bombshell. I have never listened to fleet foxes much at all i wow. can't honestly say that i've listened I, I don't have a memory of listening to a fleet foxes album all the way through yeah and that is with repeat like recommendations from everywhere everyone from you guys is to like taj johnson that's interesting i mean uh, yeah everyone loves fleet foxes a uh, shout out taj johnson and um they it is full- get on the pod yeah I hope. hey oh i hope so uh love taj but um it is folk music. It's like indie folk music, but it's not. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Randy. It's not. Um, it's, it's not folksy like in the way that I would, Travis. Like when I think of the folk music that you're into, it's not really right in that zone. Uh, 
so I don't know whether or not you'd be super into it, but I would say, I mean, you know that that was my number one album of the, the year last year. Um, Me need to check it out because it was your number one album. Well, I appreciate that. I had that. no idea that Fleet Foxes had an album come out. Um, and I was like, wow. Well, it's very good. And I guess one of the reasons, like really the number one reason why it was my top album of the year last year is because it became such comfort music to me. Like listening to that album feels like just like waves washing over me. Like I'm in like a, in the ocean while it's calm. And anytime I put that on from the, the opening chords, um, I would just immediately have sort of a wave of serenity wash over me. And I think that's just what I wanted last year out of my music experiences i wanted something that was going to comfort me and make me feel kind of uh bundled up so that all that's just to say a segue into what you requested to talk about on this episode is comfort albums um and i guess there's a lot of directions we could go with this conversation so uh, to start out we, we could just touch on i guess your biggest comfort albums but also what a comfort album means to you is it just your favorite music or is it a certain sound that you feel drawn towards when you are craving that comfort i mean last year um because i had in the in february of 2020 i moved out of florida to north carolina and then like had no like everything had was different and I just like was like craving like getting back to something that was familiar. So like when the Mountain Goats in March released uh, songs for Pierre Chauvin, mm. returned to their lo-fi music, um, recorded on the Panasonic um, DH whatever. It just like it like brought me back to like you know I don't know like college years like just yeah. four years back of just like driving in like my shitty Buick Century, going to like bars in the Milk District, listening to like a bunch of random like lo-fi Mountain Goats albums. Absolutely. Yeah, that was an album that, uh, yeah, although it was not in our year in discussion, it was an album that was definitely comforting to me as well for the same reason. I mean, All Hell West Texas is, of course, one of, it was the first Mountain Goats album I got into, like I think a lot of people um and uh songs for pierre chauvin definitely gives me that same feeling of just like man even after all these years john darniel can still just write songs like that and he can record them in this totally rough way uh and they still stand out as incredible pieces of songwriting and just that the sound of that particular method of recording has become because I've spent so many just countless hours listening to not just all Hill West Texas, but the entire catalog of lo-fi mountain ghost recordings um, that I got into after that, um, that that particular sound has become just like a warm blanket that I can put on every once in a while. Uh, and it, it's it's, you know, it's like a it's like a hot mug of tea. I just I just love it. Um, it just makes me feel so good. No, like for sure. Like it's just, it feels like a return to like normality in some weird way. Um, and like, I remember at the end of the year, everyone was like posting their like 
Spotify year in reviews. And like that past year, I was like, me and Katie Beth were sharing Spotify. So it was like both of ours <laughs> at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to share my year in review because it was literally just, I think that album from the Mountain Goats, Freelancer Blues, um, Lula Wiles albums, and then like the Beach Boys because it was just a vibe and I wanted a vibe. Sure. <laughs> I, like, I listened to like the same five albums like in the field, like just doing work. Partly because I like only down only I only downloaded like five albums <laughs> and forgot to download more on like Spotify. Right. Those like four albums are just listed, and then like a random like cumbia album. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like, do you think that the major ingredient in a comfort album is it nostalgia? Uh, I feel like when you brought this up and I was thinking of all the albums I go to when I need a comfort, it's, I mean, nostalgia is like one of the major factors is that it reminds you of a time when things felt simpler or just a time when you were happy, like even just being happy, uh, like that's, that's what a comfort album, that's kind of all it takes sometimes. Right. Yeah. I feel like it is nostalgia, but it's also like, it's not even necessarily like bringing you back to a time that's simpler. Cause I feel like a lot of the times back when I was like, just a, the world's biggest mountain goats fan, I was like in some pretty crazy, like places and like <laughs> just a hard situations at times. But I think part of it is that returning to a place that you know you've gotten out of. Like ah. that, yeah. Mm. That kind of feel like, I remember this and I remember how to like get through it. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. I feel like that because so um, when you say comfort album, the, the first album I thought of was Pinkerton for me, um, which is my favorite album. So it makes sense that would be a comfort album for me. But also, it's not an album that I listen to as in my mid-20s and that I relate to. Uh, I think that that would be embarrassing. Um, and, <laughs> but it is something that I, I'm reminded of like high school when I was listening to that album. Uh, and I'm reminded of listening to that album and other albums and feeling, I guess, connecting with the angst in the album and not really feeling like I still have that angst but finding a sort of comfort in that, like, wow, this was like such an emotional release for me at some point in my life. And now I'm listening to it and just, I I'm remembering the songs and I love the songs so much because they're so familiar to me. I don't relate to it in the same way, but it's still comforting. It's like a childhood blanket, you know, it's like, you don't um, sleep with your childhood blanket every night, unless you're Linus, uh, an adult <laughs> Linus, but uh, maybe maybe having that, maybe sleeping with it one night, taking it out of the closet, sleeping with it, maybe that's comforting in a way, even though you're not you're not uh, wearing it every night. I don't know if that makes sense. But do you keep a <laughs> blanket that you had in childhood in your closet? No, but maybe <laughs> it would be pretty cute if I did, and uh, like maybe a stuffed animal from childhood or something, you know. Yeah, I have my hypoallergenic stuffed animal from when I was a child. Mm. Um, 
I see it every once in a while, like hanging out on my dresser or something, be all like, hey, I remember what you meant to me. Um, there was some, some Peanuts lore. Uh, Linus, I believe, always planned to turn his blanket into a sports coat when he was older so he could keep wearing it as an adult. Yeah. You know, wow. I would love to hear what Linus's comfort albums are. Uh, I, I would just love to pick that little dude's brain. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think of all the peanuts. <laughs> I feel like I'd be most interested in Linus's comfort albums. I feel like Schroeder, we know what Schroeder listens to. It's pretentious. It's indie. <laughs> um, I don't care what Charlie Brown listens to. What does Charlie Brown listen to? He probably listens to Simon and Garfunkel, right? Um, you know, he, he's I think no, I think Charlie Brown listens to like honestly, I think he listens to whatever is sort of trendy. You don't think he listens to like Mark Kozilek? No, <laughs> I think Charlie Brown's like listening to the radio. Yeah, like whatever new like future single is out, or like Drake. Like no that's way. what Charlie Brown's. Charlie listening Brown to. is a sad sack. Charlie Brown does this to Drake. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Drake and Future are what modern sad sacks listen to. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think in high school, in college, probably not college, but in high school, all the peanuts would make fun of Charlie Brown and his real basic bitch listening habits? Yeah, they'd be like, Charlie Brown was like, so didn't come to school for a week after X died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And everyone gave him shit for, for it. <laughs> um, Lucy definitely listens to like some like hardcore punk or something. Uh, or like uh, Crystal Castles, maybe. Yeah, Crystal Castles or like Slater Kenny. I don't know. Yeah, um, I can see that for Lucy. Um, who do you think is a big Phoebe Bridgers fan in the Peanuts? Uh, I think Linus, honestly. I think Linus is listening to Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. And the dude that's like smells like shit. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. He he bridges the gap, I think. He's right in between Lucy and Linus in terms of taste. Yeah, he listens to a lot of King Cruel and like Mac DeMarco or something. Um, Sure. (laughs) What's his name? I forget what his name is. Pigpen? Pigpen, yeah. Yeah. I bet Pigpen listens to some cool stuff. I, I would I would hear like I feel like you know some like shitty local bands that I want to go check out a show to and be like, well, oh. this is something else. You know if someone's got stink lines following them around, <laughs> they got they know some deep some deep stuff. Like <laughs> Yeah, they they I mean, yeah, they he might be listening to like some some pretty cool grindcore albums. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's if you want the best music, Rex, you gotta, I, you gotta brave the stink lines. That's that's what they always say. Yeah, <laughs> join join Pigpin and bump some Pig Destroyer. Uh, <laughs> we should probably get back on topic. Oh, wait, uh, what is Snoopy? As, uh, what about Snoopy? Okay, Snoopy. I mean, Snoopy. do we even need to say? Did you just say fuck Snoopy? I don't care what Snoopy. Is. Snoopy is, you know, man's best friend. I don't think so. Hey, You're look, anti-Snoopy? No, this is this is a hot take, but I agree. I think I think Snoopy's a little stinker, and he can get out of my face. 
Dude, Snoopy is cute as a button, but you know what? Snoopy listens to classic rock radio. Um, For sure. <laughs> so, like, cheap trick, cheap trick in Boston is what Snoopy listens he to. He loves Boston. So, like, I don't, I agree that you don't gotta bother with what Snoopy's musical tastes are, but Snoopy is cool. Yeah, dude loves Come Sail Away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think we did exhaust um, the little. I mean, when we didn't even, we're still talking about comfort albums, right? Like, I feel like we barely, <laughs> I guess so, like, yeah. kind of. Barely... I mean, that was just a, that was just a real good aside. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It was very good. Um, I feel uh, like there's still a lot to talk about. I don't know. I mean, I haven't even really asked you what, what are you like? Have we talked about what your comfort albums are, Travis, or? Um, well, like I mentioned earlier, um, all hail West Texas for sure right mm. like i'll either just re- i haven't returned to it in a hot minute but that's because i haven't been on any long drives i feel like that's always like a good like driving album and you're like definitely like, definitely you got like um, a three hour drive by yourself you listen to that for at least 50 minutes of it yeah and i actually feel i think you know clay was talking about how um uh they felt that um that uh fleet fox's record from last year sorry that fleet fox's record from last year was very comforting um and i i feel the same way about that waxahachie record which was my number one and i feel like that's a perfect record for driving a long drive uh i feel like that that record just it it feels like freedom to me like i just like all my sort of worldly concerns kind of fall away as i listen to that thing um and and my thoughts move uh you know inward and i feel more connected and more grounded um and that's something that i really uh i feel like there are either um there are either albums that i want uh that comfort me because they make me feel a little bit more centered or albums that that are comforting because um uh they uh they they make me feel like uh sort of more spacey like i can sort of let let everything go it's either letting everything go or or feeling more centered and more focused is is sort of the two genres of comfort album for me does that make any sense at all yeah no i totally get that yeah i i do too i think that there really are there's the main kinds for me are ones that i feel a strong connection to and that this could be I've listened to them over and over again. So it's it's like uh, you listen along and you're singing along every word for every track and you don't even realize it. Um, and there are bands where every album is like that for me. Vampire Weekend, for example. Mm. You put on any Vampire Weekend, of course I'm going to know all the words and I'm just going to kind of subconsciously sing along. And that 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 can be very comforting. It's either that, something that I have a huge past with that it's just become ingrained in my brain also with that is cds that i have in my car that have just looped over and over again mermaid avenue volume one is one of those um where i have that cd and it's looped so many times that it's like it plays in my sleep or something like i it's so familiar to me yeah i, I have that with beirut's the riptide yeah <laughs> from um, having that cd for many years so it's albums like that and it's also just there's a certain sound that is comforting 
and that was that Fleet Foxes album really hit home with me. But also, I was listening to music the other day, and Simon and Garfunkel came on. And Simon and Garfunkel is not an artist that I listen to a ton, but when the the Simon and Garfunkel song came came on, that I knew, it was like wow, like I feel this music is making me feel very peaceful and like calm and collected um, in a pretty unique way that not a ton of artists can do. Like it's just so pretty, I guess. I don't know. Like even though that's not something that I have a huge connection to emotionally or nostalgically, Simon and Garfunkel, like uh, really made me feel peaceful. I don't know. No, I get that for sure. Um, Jumping off of the thing about like, an album that like just played in your car like a thousand times. Um, I recently like re-listened to Elvis Costello's My Aim is True. Mm, I was actually going to bring up Elvis Costello, so I'm glad you did. Uh, I was ready for one of us to. <laughs> That's an album that I had gotten from you, Clay, in like yeah. first year of college. Um, and I had like two full albums on CD in my car at the time. And it was Elvis Costello's My Aim is True and Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City. Mm. Mm. But it was so crazy, like going back to My Aim is True just recently because I had somehow remembered every single lyric off every single song. Yeah, it, it's crazy when that happens. Like it'll be five years or, or more um since i listened to an album and to have it come on and just like you're you're like you're saying the words along with it it's a strange feeling uh i don't know like that that's buried so deep in your mind i think mime is true i could do that with and certainly this year's model i could Mm -hmm. do it with since i had that cd and it's like as soon as no action the first track kicks off i like i cannot help but sing along to it and I, I very well couldn't, if it, if it kept going, I, I might not be able to stop myself for the whole album. Um, <laughs> especially when I've been like driving or something and I need a comfort album. And this is not even a comfort album, but sometimes if I just need something to stay awake, I'll put that on. Uh, just keeps keeps you alert but that's that's totally a different thing than than comfort albums yeah like keeping (laughs) albums very different i had when i was driving between like orlando and tampa like on a weekly basis at like odd hours of the morning and night i would listen to um and re-listen to parquet courts uh album from a couple years ago they're like very dance punk album wide awake Wide Awake, yeah. I listened to like I would listen to Wide Awake repeatedly the whole like ninety minute drive over to Tampa, yeah, and then repeatedly the whole way back. Yeah, what a great album. Um, That's very good. Uh, Oh, hey, uh, Travis. Just while we're on the subject of parquet courts, uh, have you heard this new album by Cheekface? No. So the, yeah, there's this band Cheekface. They have an album out called Emphatically No, and it really is like the the closest thing to a new Parquet Courts album that I have heard uh, since since that album that you were just talking about came out. It is fantastic. I really really recommend checking it out. It has a very similar uh, kind of you know 
a 90s-ish indie rock sound, uh, a little bit cake-influenced maybe, um, and a lot of the same kind of like danceable, groovy uh, uh, guitar lines and, and drum beats and, and a lot of the sort of similar uh, political and, and, and witty uh, kind of sarcastic lyricism. So like, I really think you'd, you'd dig that. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely check that out, but please save the recommendations for the homework section of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, the no. section that we haven't done in like five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm keeping you to the format. Uh, oh, we're, oh, no, we have to do homework this week? Oh, boy. <laughs> I came prepared. <laughs> I I, have, I do have recommendations, so we can do a little homework. Okay, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. We can do homework. We, we can do homework. We can end with a little homework recommendation uh, corner type of thing. But what, what, Randy, what did you want to say about Elvis Costello? Oh, well, I was just going to bring, I was going to bring him up because I, I thought that maybe you would have uh, some thoughts about uh, what, what, uh, what of his work is comforting to you personally. And, and for me, I think, you know, I, I got into that, uh, that first record, just like you guys, that was the first one I got into. Um, but I think at this point, um, uh for me uh it is um uh sorry this year's model is is the one that i am always going back to uh rather than my aim is true um even though you know both records are fantastic um yeah that's always been my favorite this year's model yeah um but my aim is true is easily it's right there they're neck and neck i mean those are the two great there's more than two great elvis costello yeah. albums but yeah they're, they're well he had that record in 20, 2018 uh look now oh yeah fantastic yeah. look now oh, it's so good his album last year was good clock face whatever uh yeah, yeah that is that is also good i didn't spend enough time with it is the thing i meant to spend more time with it i like i checked it out briefly some of the like the first few songs and Hey Travis, you're a Dylan fan, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Bob Dylan fan? Yes, a Bob Dylan fan. No, Travis, we're talking about Dylan Baldy. I'm talking about Dylan Sprouse. Um, <laughs> what, what's the what's the Simon and Garfunkel lyric? The when you ask him about Dylan, he thinks you're talking about Dylan Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a good line. That sounds like the lyric to me that you just said <laughs> is what it is. I, I, I think it's yeah. I forget what songs song it's off of. It's off what? of their, it's their song that they're making fun of Bob Dylan on. Actually, you know what? I I was about to ask you about the Bob Dylan record from last year, but I remember you actually we we talked about this in the group chat. Um, that you said it. You liked it. You liked it. Yeah, I had I haven't finished it. I listened to oh, the okay. songs and I was all like, oh, there's something interesting going on over here, which yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a big Dylan person. I'm famously not the biggest Bob Dylan fan. I, I, I'm famously, uh, I would have pegged you as a Dylan person. I, I, most people do. And then I'm the asshole that says I'm more of a Dave Van Ronk guy. I have a very particular, like particular memory of going over to your house one day after school and you were listening to Bob Dylan. Um, and I guess that's just stuck in my head where I always thought you were a big Dylan fan. Wait, I guess, wait, Clay. So were you, I thought this whole time that you were setting up Travis 
to have to talk about how he dislikes Dylan. Were you asking that question sincerely because you really think Travis is into Bob Dylan? Because Travis really is famously anti-Dylan. I thought that Travis, I didn't know that I was the biggest Dylan fan here. I thought Travis <laughs> Absolutely was, you are. Sure. We've talked about this before. You are definitely the biggest Dylan fan here. Yeah. I don't, know what this, I don't know what this memory is of you coming over and listening to Bob Dylan because my memory... It was that, probably Dave Van Ronk. No, you know what? I actually, and then talking about how he was an influence on Bob Dylan. But what's I, more, like, what my memory of, like, me and you having a, a, a shared memory with Bob Dylan is we were at Orlando's, like, Shakespeare Repertory Theater because um, <laughs> a significant other of yours at the time was in the play, and she had a friend who was asking generally us about music and asked me about music. I'm like, I listen to folk music. And she says, are you a fan of Bob Dylan? I'm like, no. <laughs> Actually, I do remember that. And also we were there to watch a steampunk version of Hamlet, which is just a funny aside. Um, but um, it's, it's an odd, it was an odd play and it's a very good aside. Yeah. But you know what, now that you mentioned, it, I do kind of remember that I had gone over to your house and you were listening to Bob Dylan and I remember kind of being like, oh, like how you a big Dylan fan? And you were like, no, trying to trying to get into it. <laughs> like you were like trying to listen to Bob Dylan and we're not yeah. that into it. Um, yeah, I was probably trying to trying to listen to like Blonde on Blonde or something. Be all like, maybe this is the album. Maybe this is the day. Well, but I will I'm say that um, I kind of got Randy into Bob Dylan this year because I was like big on the new album that came out and Randy was famously i like i know this that randy has never liked bob dylan and i i just i recommended all the typical ones you recommend to people and i mean you yep you liked them right you had a good time randy yeah so for the first time well not quite the first time ever i think i had a period in high school like travis where uh travis is motioning that he's getting a new drink i think um i had a period in high school like travis uh where i tried to get into Dylan a little bit, gave sort of a cursory listen to like Blonde on Blonde, uh, maybe a little bit of the bootlegs even. I might have torrented at the time. Uh, very, very naughty behavior. Um, would never do that these days. Very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it did, not, it did not hit me at the time. And so, yeah, last year, because you were so into that record, I on your recommendation, went back to Blood on the Tracks, went back to Blonde on Blonde, uh, went back to... Uh, the Freewheeling Bob Dylan? The Freewheeling Bob Dylan, Highway, whatever. Highway 61 Revisited? Yep, that one. I listened to that one, too. I have listened to. Um, uh, and I listened to some of the bootlegs as well last year. Um, I listened to quite a bit of Bob Dylan stuff. And, yeah, uh, like those basement tapes that are really good or whatever. Um I don't remember. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like the hugest Dylan fan, but. Uh, but I will say uh, I thought that that stuff was good. Um, I didn't yeah. get super into all of it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Bob Dylan rules. It's not like all we're of it's for me, about, but he's undeniably good. It's like, we're talking about the Beatles right now. It's like, of course, Bob Dylan is good. Are you kidding me? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> Chose, you brought him up. <laughs> That's yeah. a fair point. <laughs> and, I and now you're being like, like, why are we talking about it? <laughs> and i responded with my trademark yeah he's all right i don't really listen to him though <laughs> i don't yeah. know i mean I, I was really 
I don't remember why I brought Bob Dylan up. I think he um, wanted me to talk about the album that I didn't finish listening to. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't even really know why I wanted to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just something to talk about, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This show is good. Uh, well, we were talking about comfort albums. And I Bob Dylan's comforting, right? Not for y'all. Uh, not for y'all. Um, no, not yeah, for me not for me. I'm sure he is comforting to some people. To um, me, he is. Uh, not that voice, though. Yeah, he's like not he's very a, comforting. He's a storyteller, and he, he's a classic raconteur. A raconteur. <laughs> it's, it's like having someone recite a poem to you or something. Uh, sure. There's something about that that type of folk singing that's just sort of. Um, spoken word or whatever just uh hey um bill callahan does it uh, on the on the new record um especially love bill callahan yeah well, but just... bill callahan's voice is beautiful whatever bill callahan probably loves <laughs> bob dylan um <laughs> th- there's something comforting about like a a folk singer just just telling you a story <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> to both explain and defend Bob Dylan as if he's like some underground musician. That I will. That's how I. I like. I feel like we're. I feel like we're having a fight right now, and like I don't. It's about something neither of us care about. <laughs> like, hey, I care about Bob Dylan. Well, yeah, I. Do. I came into this podcast guns a blazing for Dougie Pool, and apparently you came into this podcast guns a blazing for. Bob Dylan. I thought that you were a Dylan head, Travis. I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's still <laughs> unbelievable to me. I have heard Travis express his Bob Dylan opinions multiple times over the years, and I know you have too. Yeah, recently, speaking of uh, Bob Dylan, my classic response of saying I'm more of a Dave Van Ronk guy, Justin recently uh, reached oh, yeah. out to me and told me that he had been listening to Dave Van Ronk. He's like, Travis, you were right the whole time. Dave Van Rock is good, and um, I actually do recall you, you tweeting that recently. I saw I saw a tweet that, that you tweeted that, uh, hey, I'm more of a Towns Van Zandt guy, though. <laughs> hey, and I'm just, you know, for me, it's all about uh, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> uh, we love Tell- the box. That was, that was, a t- that was like... For uh, me, it's all about Lewin Davis. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite uh, folk singer lewin davis it's just so clear that you couldn't think of a good pool um for, 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 I'm so, I'm sorry. what is happening i know we gotta rein this back in i feel like we had a really good run um and then we started talking about bob dylan who just derailed everything per usual i I, like um i'm not famous for like my knowledge my knowledge of the the back catalog of 60s folk i'm just saying it's like seems like you couldn't think of a good uh a good pool right there but it's okay um because that's not even what this podcast is about folks if if Um, this was about 60s folk we'd be talking about trees in their 50th anniversary release Mm. I'm sorry. That was Randy. That was intended to just be a lighthearted jest, <laughs> and I feel like I was really a dick to you. So yeah, I mean, I paused because I was trying to. It's okay. I paused because I was trying to re- remember the name of an artist who I truly listened to a bunch a couple of years ago. 
I know that I uh, talked to you, Travis, about this folk singer, and now I can't remember his name. He had multiple albums in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, and they were really good. The very sort of like communist folk albums. Um, and now I, I truly can't remember his name. What was that, Travis? Phil it, it, it was Phil Ox. You're really yes. Phil it Ox was Phil Ox. I loved Phil Ox, and I've now I've totally forgotten him. Phil Ox. Yeah. Oh yeah, Phil Ox is great. Yeah. He has some fantastic songs. We're ranking our 60s folk music. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just was feeling crazy because I couldn't remember his name. And that's why I said Bruce Springsteen and said, uh, but thank you. Fox would have been a very good there. response. Yes. All right. I got your back. Yeah. You know, so I don't even know. We've meandered to a place where I don't even know we are. Uh, so <laughs> I just want to make sure that we don't, I'm having a good time, but we're all friends. We're just talking. I want to make sure that we don't, you know, record something and then realize we have like two hours that I have to edit. Um, uh, what What's our time at right now? Do you have well, a, well, I think we've been recording. We, did we start recording around like nine something? Yeah. About so ish a little so, after, I think. So probably almost an hour. Yeah. I think so, we're approaching an hour. So I don't know if we want to just, if anyone else has any specific comfort albums that they kind of want to briefly Sean, because because I guess we want to close by getting into some recommendations. Before we do that, if we want to tie, are there any loose ends to tie up as far as the the comfort album conversation? Any closing thoughts, closing albums that you you didn't get to talk about that you think you want to mention, or anyone? Well, I think um, I think. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Travis. Uh, I think. Uh, um, when we talk about the nostalgia factor of comforting albums for me, there is uh, because I grew up with a lot of, I think that this is a classic uh, uh, Florida kid thing. Suburban kid thing is growing up surrounded by pop punk um, and uh, sort of like indie rock adjacent emo music. Um, there's a lot of that in Florida. Um, and so growing up around that, that a lot of that music is very comforting to me as well as when I sort of, you know, when I was in high school and I felt like I was sort of like graduating away from that stuff and getting into stuff that, you know, is real indie music or whatever. Um, and reading Pitchfork and stuff like that, reading AV club, uh, and finding albums that way. Um, the music that I discovered around that time is still very comforting to me. Like I go back to like deer hunter records. I go back to passion pit spoon, uh, the national, uh, bands like that are, are remain very comforting to me just because of what they represent in terms of my, uh, that time in my life, but also my like personal, uh, evolution in music taste, um, those are foundational albums for me uh, because they represent a really big shift in what I was willing to uh, put time into listening to and trying to enjoy. Yeah. I kind of zoned out there when I was, when you were talking. Hmm, that um, seems to happen in every episode. I have a condition. I, I, um, I often <laughs> notice in the episodes that Randy says something um, some may say profound and then Clay's response is yeah 
Yeah, listen, I have a... a I think it's a a quirk of the podcast, and I love it. Um, (laughs) I have ADD. I Uh, I definitely vibe with what you're saying, Randy. There is like... Like that, like that period of music exploration, mm-hmm. like because I feel like that, like you know, when you're a person who's like reading a lot of Pitchfork, you're at least someone who's like trying to find a bunch of new music, and it's exciting to find that stuff. And I feel like everything feels new. It feels yeah. like a whole new world. Okay. Yeah, I'm on, I, I, I'm on the same page. I'm on the same page with y'all. Um, <laughs> now that you've heard what I was saying, no, yeah, now that I, I mansplained it, I, no, I, I mean, I think. <laughs> oh boy (laughs) i think that you're right if you're saying that those albums are are comfort albums for you that the ones that you find when you're discovering a ton of new types of music that make a strong impression is that what you're saying yes yeah like i think of albums that um you know sometimes we'll go back and forth about something like the aeroplane over the sea that was not a huge album for you in high school it was for me. It was one of the ones that you, you Google, what albums do I listen to? And someone tells you, listen to the air in the aeroplane over the sea and you listen to it and you go, wow, this is like nothing I've ever heard before in my life. Um, and, and it sends you down this sort of rabbit hole where you're like, what else is like this? Like, uh, and you find all these new bands, but that catalyst, which like for me would be now I'm like in the aeroplane over the sea at one time was Pinkerton, maybe a Fleming lifts album. Uh, that catalyst is something that sticks with you that you never forget. Um, so I think it's the, the, the perfect comfort album. It's like a sort of soup, like some, some of it's nostalgia. Some of it's like uh, that it's, it's sort of a um, standalone in its genre, or it's become this, this huge album that stuck with you for some reason. There's all these different aspects and I just, I think it's beautiful and I love them, and I love music. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Travis, do you have any uh, sort of closing thoughts on comfort albums as a concept? Any particular ones you felt like you want to talk about that you didn't get to? Um, no, I feel like I, I felt like I'd talk about, I talked about what I wanted to talk about when it came to comfort albums, especially just the idea of returning to certain artists like the Mountain Goats and Dougie Poole for like mm. albums that just feel familiar or in either just the musical style with like the Mount Goods lo-fi or familiar in the way that like Dougie Poole's freelancer blues just felt very about me for like a better term. Just like, I, I knew what he was singing about in that mm. kind of. Absolutely. Um, okay. And with that, I think maybe we will move into uh, our classic segment, a return to our classic segment. It's uh, it's homework. And once again, we have no idea what what you had just heard sounded like, um, and it continues to happen. Uh, it sounded good in the like your little glissando, I suppose, um, or I don't know. The it sounded like a fart the second time you did it. The first- <laughs> okay, uh, fantastic. Uh, um, it's homework. Any, anyways, anyways, um, where homework? I'm gonna call this recommendations. Um, I'm gonna call, slash homework is what I what I'm <laughs> that's what I'm gonna call it uh, because I don't yeah that's I, better <laughs> yeah well it's not really homework for me because it's like homework listen to these albums for the next time you're a guest on the show 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have albums to recommend. It's homework. It's homework. I'm sorry. I didn't, like. Why am I? <laughs> you know, why am I nitpicking with this? Uh, Who's to say? <laughs> we got some albums to recommend. Who's going first? Uh, let's. Well, Travis, you're our guest. We'll start with you. Well, um, I feel like I'm all on the spot. Of course, I gotta say, you gotta listen. Go back and listen to Freelancer Blues by Dougie Poole. Um, Fantastic. It's it's different from the first album. It's a little bit less of that little bedroom psychedelic country. Um, it's a little bit more produced. He's doing a lot more with his like vocal range. Mm, and mm, mm. It's really good lyricism. It's a lot. It's a lot of good songs. Okay. Um, feel yeah. like i had another album i wanted to talk about but that's what we blanks we can moment. come back around um absolutely absolutely i have no a pressure. few to recommend these are mostly recent releases uh and this is we're recording on february 15th so at the time of recording these are recent releases um i guess i'll, I'll start out with a big one from this past week in the slow tie album that came out i don't know if you listen to this at all randy or nope. travis um but slow tie i think this is the first big like kind of mainstream whatever rap release from the year that i i want to wholeheartedly recommend slow tie is an artist who i think is hard to pin down and i think is displaying a lot of range on this album and it's it's short it's like a little over 30 minutes i think it's like 35 minutes but it's almost like a double album where the first half is pretty aggressive bangers um and then the second half is really pretty um sort of flowy kind of rap songs with some some good guitar solos or guitar parts in them i just think that's that slow tie i only listened to this like once so kind of half baked thoughts but i think slow tie is someone who's out there doing some great work right now and this is this is the first uh like mainstream rap release from the year that that's really struck a chord with me i think it's really good um and also, I guess if I'm just going to, there's a few I want to give. So another one real quick. Oh, shit. My phone's not opening. I can't see my list. Well, I want to say that the, the, there's a new Clap Your Hands Say Yeah album out. Mm. And I just think it's solid. I think that there's a lot of bands out there who they release their big album and then they kind of get forgotten about. I think Clap Your Hands Say Yeah is one of them. But people maybe don't realize that Clap Your Hands Say Yeah is still out there releasing music that that sounds like it could have come out whatever, like seven years ago. It's sort of like an indie folk record. And I, I found this, this like sort of comforting because of that, uh, because it, it felt familiar. Like an album I would have listened to in high school. I think it's a good record. So I want to recommend that the new clap your hands say, yeah, album. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I also listened to that clap your hands, say, yeah, record. And it did not do it for me. Damn. Um, <laughs> i it uh yeah it felt very hollow to me um and i felt very bored listening to it to well, be I honest I, th- I think it's good I, um, I think that there are good vocal performances in it it's good uh well you know and i think that probably you know i think that that's sort of um probably indicative of like 
where the general public is at with clap your hands say yeah i feel like half of people are probably like yeah it's still good and half of people are like uh, i don't know i mean i, I just feel, i honestly really think that if you're into that sort of music then you'll like it and if it's not something that has ever like been especially close to you then maybe not i mean i used to be really into that sort of subgenre or whatever that that area of indie folk Sure. Um, That's totally fair. That's totally fair. So because of that, I, I found it really comforting because it was just like, oh, yeah, th- this album, um, it's not really trying to do anything horribly new, but I think there's some really solid songwriting on it. If you're into what Clap Your Hands Say Yeah does, uh, sure. like I, I think that you'll enjoy it. I will say also, I was having some internet issues while listening to that album. And so it was stopping and starting multiple times while I was trying to listen to it. And so that was very annoying and has nothing to do with the quality of the album. But perhaps that affected my opinion a little bit. Uh, Perhaps I'm not totally unbiased. Anyway, I'll get into my recommendations. And I... uh, I'm sorry. I, I, just, I certainly am not saying that that album is bad. It just didn't quite uh, work for me as well as it did for you. That's fine. That's um, fine. It's, it's, it is well put together. Um, so for me, I think, of course, that Chic Face album, I specifically recommend to Travis. I also recommend to you, Clay, and anybody, anybody sorry, who has enjoyed uh, bands like Cake, Pavement, or Parquet Courts in the past. If, if those bands do it for you at all, then this cheek face record, I think will do it for you as well. Um, it's a really fun listen, very danceable indie rock. Um, uh, beyond that, I will say, I think that the new Palberta album, Palberta 5000, uh, is quite good. Uh, they apparently, it is sort of, they were inspired by kind of top 40 pop artists with this record. Um, which you wouldn't know it by listening to it. Uh, I guess if that was what they were going for, then they failed uh, because what they made is kind of an indie punk record that is not extremely poppy. It it is noisy in places, uh, but it is very fun. It is very accessible, uh, but it is not, it's certainly not a pop album in the way that they seem to talk about it in in interviews, which I think is interesting. Uh, It certainly doesn't sound like uh, Katy Perry or something. Um, uh, but it, 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 it is catchy and fun and, and, and I like it quite a bit. Um, and, uh, the last one I'll talk about for this week is the new Sarah Mary Chadwick album, me and NUI are friends, baby. Um, that album I think is pretty fantastic. Uh, it's, it's just really good kind of indie, indie music. I don't know quite how else to describe it. Um, uh, very good lyrics on it. Um, uh, just an all-around, well-put-together record. Just extremely solid. I, I think well worth your time if you are into uh, the indie scene at all. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Yeah, that's I'll it for me. Back to um, finishing up my list. I just remembered the artist I wanted to mention. Um, I've been giving a listen to Ten Dirty Fingers a lot lately, which is like... Mm. Orlando artist, uh, ah. though now in um, our hometown, Arkansas. Um, it's a uh, folk punk, and they had an EP come out last year. The or maybe it was early this year. I can't recall. The Guillotine in Me, and I've been listening to that a lot. So if you like folk punk, check out Ten Dirty Fingers, which is X Dirty Fingers, is how it's like stylized. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds good. So that was the other one? 
Yeah, I don't think I have any ones other than like, I think another album I listened to a lot last year was Andrew Miles, Give or Taker, which I don't know how to pronounce that name. And I believe y'all also don't know how to pronounce that artist's name. Uh, Anja, Anja Mille? Or? I've been saying Anja Mille, but I'm Anja Mille? totally not sure that that's correct. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Come out last year, Give or Taker. Yeah, and they are fantastic. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll give my last ones real quick. Not going to say a ton about them because this is a lot, but I do want to shout out Fawning, uh, a pretty small dream pop project. Fawning is really good. i just been enjoying that. If you're into dream pop, there's some sweet sax parts on this album. I really want to recommend this new Fawning album. I also want to recommend um, the new Sun Ken album. That's two mm, words, Sun yes. Ken. This is sort of like an ambient pop, sort of like a dance pop too, album where uh, this thing, I'll play it anytime. I think if you're going to sleep, if you're driving, you're steadying, if you're just going for a walk, this is beautiful kind of atmospheric music that's also got sort of a poppy edge to it. Um, And man, I've got to listen to it more and hopefully next episode I'll give some deeper thoughts on it. But I think this Sunken album is really good. It's fantastic. Um, I really, I really second that recommendation. So, yeah, those are our recommendations for the week. So, I don't know. I mean, hey, this this was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I think, you know, uh, hopefully we'll... I hope we'll, it sounds good. I hope so, too. Yeah, and I hope we'll we'll iron out, uh, you know, some of the kinks as uh, the episodes go on and we have more guests. And hopefully by the time you come back on next, we uh, will have a little bit of a smoother recording uh, set up uh, that works a little bit better. But... Um, Beyond that, is there anything you'd like to plug? Maybe your your socials or anything uh, before we wrap up the episode, Travis? Well, yeah, I guess for the listeners out there, if you enjoy sitcom wife, sitcom husband humor and hot takes <laughs> on archaeology, um, follow me on Twitter at Leftist Dad Jokes. Absolutely. A good Hell follow, yeah. uh, fully endorsed. Highly recommend. Highly recommend that follow um yeah and you can follow us uh at good listener pod on twitter mm-hmm. you can follow my personal account at crow posting you can follow me at randallorian underscore and you can email us questions at uh you can email them to good pod at gmail.com or you can dm us on any of those accounts all our dms are open um and i mean that's it that's it yeah Okay, I'm gonna stop recording now. I mean, well, you don't have to. You don't necessarily even have to leave, but I'm gonna stop recording. Okay. Do we want to? Do we want to hang out after recording for the real conversation to start? Yeah, <laughs> without the pressure, we absolutely um, can. But hey, from us here, from recording the podcast that you're listening to, we'd like to say goodbye. Uh, bye. And as we say at the end of every podcast, yeah. Oh, sorry, I. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of zoned out there for a second. You, uh, Randy, bye. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain. Ray, Randy texted me. Randy texted me like ten minutes ago. Hey, at the end of the episode, say, and as we say it here at the end of every episode, and what you had planned to say was bye. Well, no, what I had planned to say was, yeah. Sorry, I zoned out there for a second. Like uh, you did to me 20 minutes ago. Oh, that was a joke. Yes. I didn't pick up on that. Um, 
Well, anyways, All sorry, right. folks. Bye. 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 <laughs>